to Creating Your Happy Place, a podcast that explores what it takes to create your happy place and then empowers you to do whatever it takes to get happy at home. I'm Rebecca West, host of Creating Your Happy Place and author of the book, Happy Starts at Home, and I'm so glad you're here. Now, no matter what age we are, we all want to have a happy home. That said, what we need from our home can change over time. So today we're gonna explore what those needs might look like when we're over 50 by chatting with the author of Design Smarts, a book written to encourage folks over 50 to make these wiser years the best years of their life. I'm delighted to welcome to the show today, living in a downsized home with her husband, Bob, and their mini Labradoodle, Jake, in Columbiana, Ohio, interior designer, speaker, and author, Mitzi Beach. Welcome to the show, Mitzi. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm delighted to be here. I'm so excited that we're going to have this conversation today. I've been looking forward to it. So have I. There's a lot to say. <laughs> I know. We got to keep it short because we could go on for hours. <laughs> There's so much people. You know, I, the phrase that I really hang on to, even now with what I'm learning a lot, is we don't know what we don't know. So true until we go through it. And then we, and all that good advice our moms and stuff gave us seems to suddenly make a lot more sense. And we wish we had taken that advice a little sooner. And that's what life sizing is all about. Why I have a trademark on it and have for now the second renewal is each life stage, Rebecca, we don't know what we don't know because we've not been there before. Right. So finding resources and reaching out to other people ahead of us, which I really recommend. I've always had a mentor smarter mm -hmm. and a little older than myself on various mm -hmm. areas. And so that's what I think about that. Well, and of course, you set yourself up as a mentor for other people by writing this book. And of course, by being here today, because I know that you are trying to be of service to people who are wondering you know, what they should be expecting and how they can prepare for these years of their life, exactly. right? And not just from home design. I think your book is about home, but a lot of other topics as well, right? Exactly. That's what the smarts entails. And mm -hmm. very quickly, the S is for our spaces, our homes. Mm -hmm. M is mindset. A is attitude. R is routine, our lifestyle. T is togetherness, community, giving back. S is for spiritual. So, but there's huge emphasis on the S and the R, which are our spaces and our routines. Which is um, what I'm always excited about. So I'm glad to hear that. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Because again, we're, we're pioneers when we reach a new life stage. And how would we know? So that's why I did the 50 plus being in my 70s. I've had these decades to know what I know. Right. Now you've been designing homes for decades, not just thinking yes. about the aging in place, get, you know, gracefully aging all of this for a very, very long time. When did right. you start specifically thinking about what folks might need from their home when they reached 50 and beyond? It was very apparent to me as I was designing interiors. I have done light commercial, but mostly residential interiors. And as a residential interior designer, professional accredited, all that jazz really doesn't matter if you're not observing and witnessing what's lacking in their homes and what really overall. Mm -hmm. And so I tread very tactfully and professionally on what I see may be missing 
and many times I can say, and many times I cannot say. So that's why I put all, all of those into the design smarts because we're designing lives. It's not just homes. We want to have a lifestyle that supports everything that we're into at a specific life stage. I go from empty nest and talk about my experience with that on through all of these other things. So to answer your question specifically, it was the early 2000s as I was observing the emphasis even today, which frustrates and saddens me in our field is Mm -hmm. about beauty. And my philosophy again, is that any designer worth her paint chips can make anything beautiful, right? Yes. But does it function and is comfortable and ergonomically and safety aspect? Mm -hmm. So I was just seeing these huge voids that were going tilt, tilt, tilt. And so I thought, I just, I'm going to dig into this. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I'm not tooting my own horn, yada, yada. But there really uh, was very little being spoken about this. Well, I was just thinking about that. Two decades ago, this was not the hot topic. Now it no. is. And everybody's trying to get those certifications. But yeah, you were, you were kind of a pioneer in saying this is really important. I'm curious. I, I do want to get into some of the specifics about mm-hmm. like what kinds of physical things are we talking about? But I'm also really curious about what has changed when you were 50 Mm-hmm. And thinking about people in their fifties and older, and then sixty, and you right. approach seventy. Right. What changed? What What do you think changed in what you you needed from your home and what your clients needed through those decades? Less is more. We mm. needed better spaces, not bigger spaces. Mm-hmm. And I have, and there's even I've worked on downsized homes that are thirty eight hundred square feet. Believe it or mm-hmm. not. Oh yeah. So it doesn't have to be 1,800 square feet. It's all relative to where you were living. <laughs> yeah, and what, what, what your situation is, okay? So, but anyway, I think that what is specific is that we, I, I have done a lot of demographic research. I've done CEUs on one of my favorites was the commonalities and differences between millennials and boomers. Hmm. And it's shocking the commonalities because the boomers, which is kind of a passe ID right now, we're doing more 50 plus because we just are. I can't Mm -hmm. explain the world marketing, but that's kind of what's happening. So the millennials, they're not about collecting. They're about experiencing life. And most people, 50, 60, especially once they're 60 and on, they're done with accumulating. That Mm -hmm. is not important. Perhaps for things that, quote, have a backstory, you know. Right. They may be holding on to some things from the past, but they're not accumulating a lot more stuff. That, Rebecca, and what they're purchasing. They, you know, this age group is really into being in the, being in the now. They don't, Mm -hmm want to be seem old old. right of course (laughs) having unique items in their homes from their travels from the maker movement you know what that is from artisans or just unique things redone that's different but but for instance a millennial may have a three thousand dollar bicycle but they have no furniture 
right. they really don't care. Yeah. They're experiencing life. And that is where the commonalities, many of them, but that just gives you a taste. So mm-hmm. as far as this population in going forward, I recommend that you only keep what is important, what mm-hmm. has value, have nothing with guilt that's over, we're done with that, mm-hmm. and, and have less and, and have what you have and your spaces should be over the top fabulous. They should nurture you, have the best, most comfortable furniture. And after a lifetime of doing and for others, now's the time, of course, if not now, when, that you're going to have, you know, that even if you're in a 2000 square foot home, you, you map it out. 80% of your time is spent in 20% of your space. Mm. Now we're not talking bathrooms and you know, you're sleeping, but where you hang out when you're home. Mm-hmm. So my soapbox is have that be the best lighting, the best comfort, the best ergonomics, the best yada, yada, yada. Because why wouldn't you do that mm-hmm. for yourself? And the rest of it, you know, is, is important, but not so much, except for the bathroom. We're not going there as far as safety and all that. That's a whole deal. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So I, you know, my mind was going to, all right, what are some of the things that we need to do again around safety, like in the bathroom, like you were just alluding to, but you actually started with just that mindset place of now that you're in the 50, 60 and 70s years and onward, allow yourself to let go of things and making room for experiences. That's what I'm hearing. Exactly. Exactly. We're not about our stuff anymore. And I think the happiest Um, most fulfilled are the ones that are out of themselves and giving and leaving a legacy. That's a whole nother, whole nother deal. It's a chapter in my book on the fairness, but you hear what I'm saying. This isn't now, I I still see, how can I say this? I am the oldest of people into this new Mm -hmm. mindset of how we're going to move forward. Okay. So I'm seeing a lot of people lagging behind, not grasping this concept that it's not about me. It's not about my stuff. It's where am I now in how I'm going to grasp what years I'm blessed to have left. What does that look like? How am I going to just embrace this time and not not be so status oriented Mm -hmm. stuff oriented you know we're over that yeah now i'm curious because there's these gray areas in transition i thought you were going to say gray hair (laughs) (laughs) no gray areas completely unrelated to being silver of any kind so when you're 50 you've just come out of being 40 you know in your 40s you're accumulating you're growing you're career focused Absolutely. you know all about that accumulation of wealth as a safety net for later and that's and well and 50 can kind of sneak up on you but these are the years where people tend to do big remodels and those remodels need to last if they're going to stay in their home right. into the next two decades so what do you think 50 year olds should be thinking about now 
that they're not aware of that they're going to wish they'd thought of when they were 60 and 70, particularly around remodels and big investments in their home? The question is, do I put my funds into this present home mm -hmm. or am I biding my time until my kids are out and about and thinking futuristic, mm -hmm. not where I am right now. And I have, I don't judge Rebecca. I mean, what people do, they do. But I have seen regret in my clients and, and people that have done these either bought larger homes in this stage, like the 50s, mm -hmm. um, and even into 60s, and then thinking their children are going to come back, mm -hmm. their children are, and it's sadly, they're all busy, and it doesn't happen that way, all, all you know, as, as planned and hoped mm -hmm. for. And so to answer your question, I would say to be very wise in upgrading your home in the 50s for market value, ROI, return mm -hmm. on investment, huge. The biggest are the kitchen and master. Mm -hmm. And of course, exterior curb appeal. But other than that, one has, and, and all purchases, I have many clients have had in that age group. And I'm, I'm just like, all right already, Mitzi, <laughs> you know, say, now we don't want this really huge sofa right now. We don't know what your next life is going to be. We want to think future. And with mm -hmm. that, you buy the best quality to last. That said, that's kind of a catch 22, because in this stage, you often have uh, braces, set cars for the kids, their insurance, safety right. for college, health issues, parents that are aging. Mm -hmm. So, but you you get my gist. Yeah, I'm I'm curious because I've I've worked with clients who have had me help them redo their you know their bathroom or their kitchen because you know they're in their 50s, maybe their 60s, and they said to me, "This is my forever home. I am staying put." I understand. And then two three years later circumstances changed. I'm thinking of one client who had physical changes and another client who just had social changes. Most of her friends moved out of the complex because they were aging. And she was like, I want to go be with my friends. And they'd all moved into assisted living. Very so, you know, it's, it's hard to read the crystal ball of what's going to come for your future. It really is. And I don't think anybody can do that. I just think being wise, and again, that ROI, return on investment, mm -hmm. is your guide because we're a perfect example of that. We built a 1930s, we restored a 1930s Renarec. Mm -hmm. Everybody <laughs> thought we should tear it down, but it's it just was a magnificent project and adventure for Bob and I, and it yeah. was our forever home. I put Bob, 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 the builder, Mitzi, the designer, <laughs> and it was, I have to say it was stunning, but what people didn't know is it was an aging in place home. We had mm. so many tours there and they would bill it as that. And people would come out of curiosity. The last tour we had, there was over 500 people. Oh my gosh. Symphony show house of designers, but mine was the only one that was aging in place. And right. of course people were like, oh, this, what is this? You know, but they were like, well, where, where's the aging in place? Because that's what's been the nemesis. It they're expecting to see 
nursing sterile home. nursing home grab bars right. Right. ramps <clears throat> yeah mm -hmm. so I used it as we used it as a living lab I taught classes there I did videos I have a a uh, kitchen course coming out any this week really and then <laughs> rooms and downsizing video they're all from this home and but the point is that you don't live there anymore no and that was our forever home yeah and then my husband had the diagnosis nobody wants to have and so we uh, had that conversation that very few couples to my understanding have because they're not faced with it you know mm -hmm. But I do recommend or suggest that people do have this conversation because doubling back, it answers your question on what should be people be thinking about. Mm -hmm. What happened with us when this health crisis hit was we had to ask ourselves, where do you want to live alone? What happens if the worst happens? And so Bob and I had these really frank, hard discussions and we had three options of what might happen with his situation. Mm -hmm. And, but all, but if the worst happened, we both agreed he didn't want to live there alone. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to live there alone. I think that's a really important facet yeah. of what we do in our homes in our 50s and 60s, because just like you so wisely said, we don't have that crystal ball, right? But mm -hmm. just, P.S. Bob is doing fine. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. We're in treatment. We were at MD Anderson when we were in Kansas, but now we're blessed to have UPMC right here, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. We're only 45 minutes, hour-ish away. So that changed totally 180. Yeah. So but tell us about the where you chose to move to, because I know you made some very specific choices in choosing your new home. Yeah. Yes. Number one, I'll give you the overall. Number one is the right location. Two is after relocating, what's next? Three is finding like-minded interest groups and D, the, what is the main thing? But on the right location, the biggest thing I have, is it by your kids and grandkids? And then of course, affordability, climate amenities. But, and we, 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 processed all of those, but the biggie for my age group is people were pretty shocked that we didn't move. We have grown three grown families, one in Texas and two in Colorado. Mm. Why aren't you there by your kids? Right. Well, we've watched other people do that and their kids can move yeah. or, and their kids are too busy and they spend a lot of time bleacher sitting and in activities. And so really, really digging in the, what is the expectation of what that will look like being by your family? Hallelujah for those that make it work. But mm -hmm. I mean, I'm talking about relocating. I'm not talking about redoing your house if your whole family's around you. That's just a slam dunk probably. Right. Yeah, if you have a stable family, those unicorn families that all live in one place, yes. this is an entirely different conversation. But exactly, so, really you know, yeah. and I'm sorry to interrupt, but the thought is we have six adults, three of our own, and then our spouse, their spouses. 
all are married, all are married, yes, all are working. So their lives are crazy busy, right? Then we have nine grandchildren and our youngest is now late grade school. When we go visit, it's awesome because we work around their things and, and all of that. But even when we're there, it's like, okay, this has changed. We were going to do this, but now we have this concert and yeah, and that's great. So if we were to move there, we, Bob wisely said, I do not want to be this obligation that, oh my gosh, we haven't had mom and dad for dinner for three weeks. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So that's what I have to say about that. Yeah. It's interesting because when you said choosing the right location, one of the things I don't feel like I heard you list, although you mentioned amenities, which we can touch on in a second, but I would have thought walkability would be a really imp- a key thing that you can walk to stores and stuff. Is that part of what you mean by geography? Yeah, location. And we spent, I did make a note that we spent years assessing these questions and yeah. visiting these places. And where we are, it's called, I don't know how many of your readers are are aware there's a new term called village living Mm. and it's exactly what you're saying it's walkable communities to whatever and so we're on a golf course which we did not plan but the way it's where we're meant to be but we have a center that has some restaurants and yogurt and concerts on saturday Mm -hmm. night and a couple little boutiques And then our little town of Columbiana is five minutes from here driving. We we don't walk there, but we walk all here. There's all kinds of activities for all ages. And that's another thing is Colombo. You're probably way too young to know that program, but Colombo was always saying, and one more thing (laughs) uh, is that this age group defined housing that's only for a certain age has not been that successful. There's a few builders and developers that have done remarkably well with that. But overall, if you survey this group, they want to have diversity of aging. Right. And I find that very important. So the community that you live in, is it all meant for um, adults of a certain age, or can anybody buy homes in that community? Anybody can. I would That's say lovely. we are part of a bigger home development that has maybe a hundred homes. There's not a lot left. Columbiana was voted the nicest little town in America for a lot of reasons. So maybe we should keep it a secret, though. We don't want to talk yeah. too many people. So real estate is like what you know. Know know what's going on before it goes on the market. <laughs> But we have, we're in a a slice, like one street, maybe a T that has 28 units and they're all smaller homes, two different styles. Mm -hmm. And so the majority, I would, I'd say for this strip here is probably over 50. There's some younger families, but mostly over 50 because it's, it's the way the homes, these two styles are designed, but right. And these are all standalone homes on street level. Mm -hmm. They're just smaller footprints. So that's that village living we're talking about. And I think you mentioned to me that all of the exterior care is taken care of by the covenant for the, for the village. Right. So as part of aging, you don't have to then go shovel your own walks or whatever. And you get out of town, you turn, lock the door and go bye-bye, you know, 
Yeah, because traveling tends to be a, a big part of people's over 50 years as well. It's one of the four. You got to be able to leave your home behind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the big, one of the big four for where this huge demographic, which is the most wealthy, the wealthiest in America, and it's where they are spending big O bucks. And mm -hmm. now that, you know, the, we're freed up again, that pent up is like, oh, yeah out there right all the houses are gonna be real empty real soon here <laughs> yeah so yes I think these are points you brought up Rebecca that I I hope more people will examine because just moving someplace because you might like this or that or something specific man living and visiting are two different things. It yeah. really requires some soul. And it's, it's really hard to think ahead to what, how our physicality and our relationships might change. Because as we said, there's no crystal ball. My parents are going through something similar right now. And they've been looking at a lot of properties and they found the perfect property. Good. Then they realized what, before they bought it, that the, the hill to take the garbage to the garbage spot was uphill. And my mom just went, I can't imagine lugging this trash up this long, long driveway for the next 20 years. Yes. So it's just so many different small aspects of daily living that you have to consider. And those are part of the three. We talked about the big three is function mm -hmm. and then safety and mm -hmm. then beauty. Right. Right at the top what your mother was discovering is right there on the functionality. Mm -hmm. Now I'm curious, cause you got your certifications in aging in place quite a long time ago before it was right. all the rage. Right. What rules did you learn or hear then that you've really rethought and you feel like aren't rules at all, break them at will. Oh, you twisted that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we could start with what rules do you think you have to follow, but I think it's more interesting to ask which rules are going to break. <laughs> All of us designers are rebellious little people, aren't we? Well, the ones that I refused to follow was anything that looked old and I did, you'd have to do because you should do this. And if they're really critical, then make it as cool as possible. You know, right. I believe well, first of all, I say there's a there's a boomery boomeries language. We don't say raise toilets, it's comfort height. Right. We don't say grab bars, we say handrails. Mm. Uh, boomers don't have surgery, we have procedures, you know. <laughs> so well, really interesting yeah. is a younger designer may not know that social etiquette, right? The the words that will help somebody feel great about themselves or with the words that will help somebody feel super old and nobody at any age feels old and they don't want to be made to feel old. Isn't that the truth, Rebecca? The, the, I guess the fact, if you want to say facts, is that everyone thinks the old people are 10 years older than them. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Me? No. So with that paradigm, stereotype, whatever you want to call it, especially in America, one has to be prudently professional, tactful, sensitive, all of that on presenting because to make it palatable, it is the challenge. 
you, yeah. you know, hip, stylish, whatever terminology, but definitely the aging in place is just a groaner. It's hard for people to get there. And why would I want to age? I'm not aging. I'm not going to age anywhere. <laughs> no. So that's why it was so fun to have our home, Cyprus, be designed that way. Right. And what were some of the things you did at Cyprus that were specifically with us in mind? First of all, because we gutted the inside, it had wider hallways mm -hmm. and wider stairways. And that's something for people in their 50s and 60s, if they're remodeling and they have that opportunity or a new build or even younger, that's where the commonalities occurred that if you're schlepping suitcases or a baby and a backpack and all mm -hmm. this and that, you want wider hallways, wider stairways. And lighting, I call it the stepchild of design. It's <laughs> so neglected. Yeah. And it makes us, not only is it for safety, it's, it's the intimacy, it's the sanctuary aspect of good lighting. Mm -hmm. And I go off on that. And I had a contractor who said that I worked with forever and a high level, well-respected gentleman. He said, okay, if you think you want 10 ceiling cans, Mitzi will give you 20. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can always turn off the lights or dim them, but you can't add them in later. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. But so it is really important to think about what you're doing that is going to enhance all of those things I talked about, the functionality, the safety, yeah. the ergonomics. Well, and they talk about that as we grow older, our eyesight can start to change, Bingo. right? We, our ability to see the difference between different colors, if they're not high contrast with each other, can really change too. Yes. So I'm assuming lighting is a really key part of counteracting that. Yes. And one of the ways that I can get to people is to say, do you know that you see, you need 50% uh, more lighting at 50 than you did at 20. Hmm. That means double. And I'll say now in your home, have you changed your lighting? And they're like, well, I'm no, or nobody I'm, ever thinks of it now. I'm just fine. But then when I push and push and they get it, they're like, oh, had no idea what a difference this would make. Right. The stress the and and just the emotional you know it's a debbie downer to be in these places that they're too uh, dark yeah totally yeah, yeah yeah well and then the safety too again separate from aging in place exactly. my book, i'm always talking about how we shouldn't be accommodating our homes we shouldn't be having to work harder to be in our spaces they should be working for us and so it seems like smart lighting not only would it accentuate beautiful like that viewed gorgeous new wide staircase you just talked about, mm -hmm. but it also makes it safer so that when you're at home, your stress levels are as low as they possibly can be because our home is the one place where we can control those stress levels. Exactly. Exactly. I always say it's, it's not your fault. It's the home's fault. <laughs> I love that. We need to just make it behave and do what we need it to do. For instance, in the bathroom, well, overall the house, I think one of the things lacking, especially when we were, we would be to downsizing two things, but this is for all homes. We don't have enough surface area. 
I don't care where it is in the back counter space and stuff, kitchen, mm -hmm. wherever, and open plans. That's a huge, like, ah, where do I put stuff? You know, it's, it's the surface area. And then it's also having that functional storage. And I, I'm just, I, I get, I think people get frustrated with me when I say, these kitchen cabinets are nothing but boxes on hammered on the wall. True. How can you make these work? Why do we keep doing this? And so I'm a huge proponent of having more glazing or windows in our kitchens mm -hmm. and doing, you can do a pantry anywhere. It's amazing right. now with the brands that are out that cabinetry and all. But, you know, if you have an island using those differently and pull out drawers in the kitchen are essential. I'm, I'm guessing one of the things I'm hearing from you is that as we age, our strength can change and pulling heavy things down from over our head can be a safety concern. Exactly. But mm. it, it's poor storage. I mean, yeah. what do you use in there that couldn't be put in a different drawer? That's just really the new, not new, I would say it's been trending. Yeah, definitely. And, and it is what, you know, Rebecca, you're in this field. It's what people want. And I have to tell you, it, this is a thing that's not about age because, oh, my aching back is heard from all ages. Absolutely. And Absolutely. ergonomics are huge. And that's why I'm a, again, a proponent for wall ovens, not the drop-in range, which we have here. And so no home is perfect. No, no. But, you know, it's interesting what you just said, because when I was talking with Shelly Rosenberg, she was. Oh, oh I love. Yes, Shelly. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. She really talked about how universal design isn't just for people with special needs. That's right. And what I'm hearing from you is these smart designs that come with aging in place. They were always important. It's just that we spent all of those years accommodating the house. And at some point you hit a place where you're wise enough to go. I'm going to make my house work for me instead. Exactly. And Shelly and I connect and we agree that how can we, and we, we ponder, how can we make this, as I said, palatable for all ages? Because we know that everyone deserves a safe home. And no and one's ever going to think of themselves as old. No. And <laughs> they need these things. Okay. Yeah. Like having a shower, <laughs> I have joked, I can say this to some of my clients that were friends and they're going to ditch their shower anyway, but I go, oh, this is like a Stephen King movie. It's <laughs> scary in this shower, you know? I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? But everyone should have, I mean, we all shower. Why wouldn't we want that to be safe and beautiful? Well and anybody can break a leg at any age and, and you get yourself a broken leg, you're going to wish you had a little bit of better access into that shower and you weren't trying. I have, to I could give you tub. many examples of people that have had that very same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I would like, we got to wrap up here, but before we do, I'd like to hear what is a thing in your, your first home, the dream home that made you incredibly happy, the thing that you loved most about it. And then I'd like to hear what you love most in your current home. So what makes you most seriously happy in those two spaces? 
Well, my favorite comment when people would come into our former home, Cyprus, ah, mm-hmm. oh, your home is so peaceful. Mm. And I want others to come into my home, our home, and know this is for us. This is a people home. It's not a show place. You know, as a designer, Rebecca, we do beautiful, but I wasn't after that. I, I, that was my favorite. And the way we arrange furniture, lighting, comfort, have table for your drink, you know, all of that. And then this home is how, how special it is at this stage of life for Bob and I to have recognized that obviously being married over 50 years, I mean, we get each other, right? Sure. But not 24 seven. Because then you get on each other's nerves. <laughs> We've never lived with Bob being mostly retired. He's doing right. consulting and I- Which is a whole nother thing to consider because at 50, your spouse may not be around very often. And at 60, they may be around a lot. Amen, sister. I have a book brewing about- <laughs> Sounds um, like a tell-all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hear it from everyone. It's, it's that. But what I love is we recognize that we had it in our older home, our former home. I have my space in my loft up yeah. here and Bob has his cave in the lower level. And the- I think that's essential. I, I'm so glad you brought that up because critical. I think that's a, something a lot of people could not be thinking about ahead of time. They don't. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, Ruth Graham Bell married to, you know, Billy Graham said well, her famous quote was breakfast, dinner, yes, lunch, never. <laughs> I awesome. to be responsible for you, buddy, all day. And I don't need to be with you all day. Yeah. And that was her point. Not that it maybe occurred, but this was her like line in the sand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need some time for me and you need some time for you. <laughs> yeah. And again, what we're talking about is that space, right? For each of us. Yeah. So what would you like to leave folks with? That life is flying by. Life is precious. Mm-hmm. And that if we do not grasp that reality and take advantage, especially we're talking about our homes how we live there and how it helps us to be better people for ourselves. You know, the motto in my Facebook group, Life Sizing for the 50 Plus, is we do more for ourselves so that we can be more for others. Hmm. And we, part of where we are living helps us do more for ourselves, right, Rebecca? You know. Absolutely. And so, you know, that's the essence, what I'd like to leave. We can't give away what we don't have. That's really beautiful. And the Facebook group that you just mentioned, is that open to the public? It's private, but for reasons that we want to not have whatever. Random people. Yeah. But they could, they can ask to join it. Yes. That's all that's necessary. Lovely. We'll make sure that that link is in the show notes then. I would be happy to give it to you. And speaking of which, where can folks find you if they'd like to connect with you and your book? All right. It is very simple, mitzibeach.com. And M I T Z I beach, like the beach.com. Like door. Exactly. Yep. 
I'd, wonderful. And again, that'll be in the show notes. Okay. And I'd be happy to connect with um, any of your wonderful listeners anytime. Well, I think this is a great conversation, both for folks who are approaching 50 and passing 50, but also for designers who want to be more sensitive to the needs of people who might be a couple decades older than them, but they really want to be of the best service that they can be. So thank you so much for sharing your time today. It was my beautiful pleasure. Oh, and I hope everybody checks out your book because it sounds like it's an incredible resource for folks in the situation. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. Of course. And to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Creating Your Happy Place. And I hope that you feel a little bit more encouraged and empowered to make your home your happy place, whether that means staying where you are or moving on to a new house. If you feel stuck, please remember that both of our books are here as resources for you. They're meant to help you figure out why your home might not be working for you and identify what needs to change so that it does. And if you have a specific design dilemma in your home, you can also reach out to my team at Seriously Happy Homes, because thanks to the power of the internet, we can meet with you over Zoom, no matter where you live, to figure out the next practical steps to creating your happy place. In the meantime, no matter where you call home, I hope it makes you seriously happy. Until next time.